The Pufla Exchange was our last best hope for on-topic conversation. We failed. But in the third season, it became something greater. Our last best hope for entertainment. I'm Jen too. The great thing about my involvement in the Pofo Exchange right now is every week I feel like I'm doing the Ryan and Jen show, and because of Gen 2, I don't even need to change the name on the sign. It can just be Ryan <laughs> and some random Jen who shows up. So it limits my options, but it's also good because I have a very deep bench of Jens to draw from. <laughs> so I'm feeling I'm feeling good about that. Now Gen 2 and I uh, fibbed a little bit. We a year ago recorded a podcast on The Walking Dead and we said, We'll be back next week and then, you know, Harp and you know, Obama's approval ratings went down. And it's all- your fault, though. I you got why cats. Your- why is this my fault? It's your fault because you told me I needed to watch. I think I needed to watch episodes five and six or yes, something. Yes. And you were like, you were like, oh, I already watched them. And I thought that we were watching them together. I don't recall that, Jen. Yes, I yes, don't recall did. that. Yes, and I was just like, that bastard, he went and watched them before I got a chance to because we were watching them together so that we could have, you know, like... I don't recall that. I think yes, something came up yes, and can we reschedule. Yes, exactly, there was... It's exactly what happened because we were, having, we were watching them together so we could have, we could get our immediate reactions of how freaking awesome the episodes were. And I'm like, that bastard watched them. I believe that you called me a bastard, but I don't actually believe I did the things that you say I'm doing. So then we decided, okay, let's... I mean... I mean bastard in, in the most loving, loving, kind, kind. Yep. So you, are that, my, you are my beautiful, wonderful friend. But I mean, I, I was thought like, she was going to say you are my sunshine or something. You are my sunshine, my only son. Now but compare I, that I, singing to Gen 2 on one of the Pofo Christmas feeds where she had pneumonia and almost died in the middle of the sketch. <laughs> Just compare and contrast. But I mean, I, I remember at the time I'm like, how am I supposed to watch this without Ryan? And how are we supposed mm. to podcast when he's already seen it? And well, then somehow, somehow it just got, it just, it just went by the wayside and then we didn't podcast, but yeah. I, and then I watched them and the whole time I thought he already knows what happened. He already knows what happened. You know what, Gentoo, we've done fan fiction for years. I think we could have sorted this out, but you know what, we're here now. Let's not quibble. So we're back. <laughs> so we're back. So the six episodes came out. Now, again, just if you, if you didn't hear the last ones, this is, this is what happened. I made Gentoo watch some Battlestar Galactica on the side of her house. I made her watch something. I insisted she watch the whole damn thing. So then she pulled me aside on a Sunday morning, and I, I remember I, I, there was a blanket and hot cocoa involved. It was my day off, and I think I had, like, the like the footsie pajamas. Just go <laughs> here have, with me. You have footsie pajamas? With the trap door. With the trap door. So I'm in the footsie pajamas, and Gen 2 contacts me and says, Ryan, I need you to watch something for me. This is this is my I insist of the year. So I'm like, oh, God. So I got the paperwork out, and I initial. I'm like, all right, what am I watching? She's like, you're watching The Walking Dead. I'm like, okay, here's the only quibble I have. I hate zombies. I hate anything with zombies. If zombies have passed near it, it's contaminated. You have to put it in a little plastic bag and burn it. 
<laughs> much like zombies. And she's like, just just watch the damn thing. I'm like, I will watch the damn thing. So I watched the first episode. And like, I surprisingly liked the first episode, Gen 2. She's like, all right, now I want you to watch the second episode. I'm like, well, here's the deal. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this anymore because as much as I love the characterization, I don't like the guts. The guts are killing me, much like you know everyone else. And she's like, just just hang in there one more episode. I'm like, okay, I'll look it up. What's the episode title? She's like, it's called Guts. guts. Like, All right. <laughs> so I went to watch Guts, and I came back from Guts. I'm like, Gen 2, I am deeply moved. I love it. I must watch all the others. So this the series is having like this complete w- w- polar opposite effect on me as, as, <laughs> as I expected it to have. And then we got through episode four, and uh, apparently there was Gen 2 and I's marriage fell apart, and we didn't get through five and six, but I have some opinions on it now, and we'll get to it in the podcast. So it's a year later. How you doing with The Walking Dead? I... Any day now. <laughs> Just live on that. That silence is in there. Dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air. I was very well. I guess I shouldn't be surprised because I read Stephen King's The Stand, and I knew that it would do this, even though it's the zombies and you know not some horrible strain of anthrax, Ebola, blah blah blah. Um, Doctor Jenner. I guess I just, I didn't expect them to get to the CDC and have everything just, I didn't think that, I mean, obviously the series has to go on, so, right. you know, everything couldn't have been roses there, but I guess I didn't expect for there to be nothing there, and then I guess I didn't. Well, okay, so l- l- let me see if I can parse this here. So, and it's been a year since I actually watched the Dr. Jenner episode. I watched most of uh, episode five again, and then I watched the uh, badly acted but very interesting webisodes, and I have six from memory, and there was a goof on um, my DVR. I have this third-party, Mac-centric, homemade DVR thing, which taped 90 minutes of public access television. Oh, my god! So, gosh. that's what Gen 2 was watching it. She's like, I'm c- catch up with me, Ryan. I'm like, hold on, they're voting on the farm bill. <laughs> so, I'm like, we have to hold off on a little bit. So, it took me a couple extra days, so I watched the episode, like, in reverse order, because I came in in the middle of them backed up and watched the end and then the beginning. So um, it was a little haphazard for me. All right. Refresh my memory on Jenner. So they get to the CDC in the end of episode five and the... And and they tell... And they... and Jenner lets them in because he's watching because he's about to off himself because he's the last man standing. And we come to find out that after you die... I remember they, they were doing the brain scans because his wife was uh, the test last subject, test, test the subject last 19, TS-19. Right. And that you find that after... So, however many hours the um, like the basic part of the brain reactivates itself and it, it's just on survi- in survival mode but right the person like, is just gone. just your brain stem your medulla oblongata like the the very most the base the basic instincts of you know just the things that keep you alive is what reanimates right. in the body but we don't know yet what caused any of no this. and he's and he's basically saying that it could be a virus, it could be a mold, it could be, he doesn't know what it is, but it, you know, it affects, it gets into the blood and it affects, it creates a sickness and makes you die. And You know, I was just thinking, 
far be it for me to inject Star Trek into an episode of the Pofo Exchange, but there was an unfortunate (laughs) episode of Star Trek Voyager where the ship was almost destroyed because, you know, the part of the ship is alive on Star Trek Voyager, because someone thought that would be a good idea. And apparently they got some mold on the ship, and the the mold did whatever mold does, and they almost died because of killer mold from cheese. There was actually a line in the episode, get the cheese to sickbay. All I can picture now is some someone's cheddar went a little bad, and now you know zombies are walking down nine ninety five. I just yeah, that'd be kind of funny. Well, you know, and he's and basically he confirms that you know all the other disease centers around the world mm-hmm. are offline, and you know the French lasted the longest. I, the thought, French... I thought that what the hell's up with that? Like usually you think they're the first to go, but the French, the French, I have to yeah. think the French. Yeah, and, and, you know, basically the whole place is going to implode, and I'm going to make you implode with me, and I I guess I just didn't expect the doctor. I I realize he lost his wife, and... Now, I know he was a doctor at the CDC, but his wife was... The the, the director? The big cheese. I guess. Not to carry my mold metaphor too far, but she she was the genius... He he was he was a doctor within the CDC. He's not the custodian. I mean, he was no. He was a grunt doctor. Okay. I, mean, I would say he was a grunt researcher, but she was like the head researcher or the right. or the big genius or I don't know if she was. I mean, he implied that she was like the director, but I'm thinking she had a corner office of the window, as I recall. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that she was somebody that, you know, was a mover and shaker in research and development. Right. Much, much more capable of perhaps solving this than he was. Yeah, and, and he was the guy that, you know, just stood in the back with a pipe at and, uh, you know. Well, he's ready to give in. And I have to tell you, if I was in his place, I'm sure it would be crossing my mind as well. I mean, the, the governments have fallen, the CDCs have fallen. If the CDCs fall, how the hell are we going to possibly reverse this? And... Sorry, my cat just attacked a chair, and last time I got between her and the chair, she attacked me. So, and this cat's like the size of like a beanie baby too. So it's very embarrassing on my part. <laughs> Cats are throughout the the Puffo Exchange now. They're like our little mascots. They're like a little our little goats. So, what what I loved about that was it, it just seemed like something that was so plausible because everything has fallen. There's no governments left. There's no one. There's no hope of possibly reversing this. So. This is an extinction-level event. The world is over. We're going to have, like, you know, if, like, the ship from Vulcan shows up in 70 years from Star Trek, they're going to find a lot, all all zombies all the time. I mean, we're we're done. Yeah, he does, and he does say that. He does make that comment in the show. He's like, this is our extinction event. This is what takes us down. Yeah. And... I don't know why that. I'm not. I guess I don't even know if I'm bothered by it. But I guess I, for some reason, it it unsettled it unsettled me. Yeah, but, I mean, at what point is all hope lost for the planet? I mean, and, and the interesting thing is, I what I want to get into is, I love concepts like this. I love Battlestar Galactica. I love um, the show I got hooked on over this hiatus was Falling Skies on TNT. I love shows, or half the fan fictions we've read. I love series or stories that basically break down the organizational structure of society and people, you know, have to fend for themselves or, or in positions that they're not accustomed to and try and reinvent things and create a new order. And that's the part of this series that appeals to me. The fact that there are zombies in it 
I can take, that would not be my first preference. And, uh, you know, if you go to Falling Skies, it's a very similar plot line, but it involves aliens in, in my backyard because it takes place in, in Massachusetts or Galactica. I mean, I guess, it, I guess to me, it's like there has to be a place on the Earth right. where you can get away from the zombies. It's like, go get a houseboat. <laughs> well, I was actually thinking that because I was, okay. This is. I was thinking that because what I was going to say was from the aliens. It's it's kind of the aliens on Falling Skies. Let us live. It's not really. Go get a houseboat. Right. Like the aliens took away enough of their forces that we have a fighting chance on Galactica. We've got ships with engines, and here we go. Float yourself out to one of those little Florida Keys. But we don't know what caused it. We don't know if the people on you know if this was a virus. Are there zombies walking around in the Florida Keys, or you you have to find the you have to find Gilligan's Island basically and hope they're yeah right. But But I'm I'm saying that you know get yourself to some place that you know is safe. You know that you know a zombie just can't go swim across the channel. This, no, I guess there this has is, to be. I guess this is where I would where I would start from, or where I would come from here. We don't know what caused this, but we have a lot of information that we can kind of deduce things. And we're going to pretend we're going to be PS now. We're going to be PS in Gen One and figure out how this happened and what toilet paper they're using. And we got a lot of information from the webisodes. And if you haven't seen the webisodes, they're poorly acted on uh, oh, the my. website. And it tells the story of Hannah the. Uh, bicycle girl from the first episode the disembodied or the disemboweled uh, I call her I call her torso lady torso lady in why she's walking through the or slithering through the park I, I just yeah to a slither and I apologize but you know we're trying to figure out what happened here so obviously on a Monday things were fine and there were no zombies and at some point this began and we don't get a sense of how quickly it happened what we see from this series is that Rick is in the hospital and Shane brings him flowers or the, or the dispatchers send flowers through Shane and then he wakes up and the flowers are wilted so it's been at least a few weeks and we get Shane's flashback in I think the last episode of the first season where he goes to get Rick but thinks he's dead and leaves him so we don't get we, we're thinking weeks this happened well but we also get some in the first episode i mean in the first episode of season two two we get a little bit more what did we get because there was still i missed maybe about five or ten minutes there was still a bit because of the farm bill and whatnot what were there was there a reference to how it all began or maybe that wasn't. You think? No, you're thinking of um, you're thinking of the webisodes because in the webisodes you have um, this is in the very first episode, so not to spoil you, but Hannah is. No, I watched them. You, right. Well, not. I'm talking to the, the, the oh, listeners, oh. the the other people around us. Um, Hannah is the name of the torso lady, and she's driving her kids to their dad's house. She and her and their father are divorced or, right. or whatever. And um, they she, have a wreck. There's a wreck. You know, presumably zombies maybe have been involved or another car. And she wakes up, and the kids are gone, and she's bleeding from the forehead, and the, you know the car is smashed and whatnot. And she gets out, and it's a crime scene. There, there's bodies and cars crashed, and she walks by a house, and they they were having an outdoor birthday party and there's the streamers and the tables and the cake and there's blood everywhere where and you know bodies everywhere and whatnot so i'm like okay she was driving to her husband's and there's no reference to she was going there for you know cover or safety so i think she's just going on about her day boom crash burn wakes up and there's zombies walking around and you hear the husband talk this might get into the second episode but you hear the husband listening to the radio and they're you know warning people stay inside and the governor will be speaking shortly and then the power goes out and the part that was really weird was uh her ex-husband's current wife 
is like coming back from the grocery store. She's got the brown paper bag in her arms, and she wanders, you know, across a wreck. And she's like, "Oh my goodness, this poor woman!" And runs up and tries to do mouth to mouth, unfortunately, into a zombie, but doesn't think it's a zombie. So I'm like, "Okay, you left your house, and you're walking down the street, and you you you, you get your food from the grocery store, and you don't look disheveled." You're coming back, you get your purse, I think. Everything's fine to you. This is a normal Sunday. And up until the part where I think your tongue was bitten out, you didn't realize there was any issues going on here. So this thing happened really fast. And I guess my question is, okay, we've got presidents and we've got, you know, bunkers and and missiles and tomahawks and nukes and all these different things. How did the government get so badly overrun by a bunch of shuffling people? Unless it happens so fast that I'm picturing you've got the bunker with the big walls and guys on the inside are infected. So if you're, if you get the president buried underground in NORAD, maybe his secret service agents are zombies. You know what I mean? So maybe this happened everywhere and there was no defense and it broke down all of the, you know, in the space station, maybe there were zombies up there. I mean, that, I guess that's what I'm kind of getting at here. It seems so implausible that everyone would fall and that they wouldn't get, you know, all the important people on a plane and, and fly them to an to an island. Right, because even like with an epidemic, it starts and then it starts to spread. Right. The, so everybody knows that it's coming. So there is hope because if it's if it was something where okay, the zombies are coming down Main Street, you know, get the president on the chopper. Someone's going to survive somewhere on an island. But I'm sensing this maybe happened so fast that I don't know why these particular people weren't infected. But think about this episode. We had the six people in this episode. We had, um, I'm forgetting his name, um, the the man with the son from the pilot. There's not a lot of people. Rick. Rick. There's not a lot of people here who aren't infected. And it just seems so bizarre that the zombies were so successful i mean we're not i mean they can shuffle a little bit but i mean it seems like the government should have been able to hold them off so i'm assuming they did so i'm assuming they're going to get to a fort or they're going to and i know the comic books involve you know finding more people but i'm assuming they're going to get somewhere and there's going to be some type of survivor base maybe at some point but i'm sure that it i'm sure it's all in there you know for dramatic effect but i guess in the opening of, of season two, they went straight back to the, you know, just the complete hopelessness of it. Right. And I guess I wanted to see a little bit more proactive. Well, it, I think it was perfectly um, said. By, and, and what I love about the show. Because it's like I, everybody was st- everybody was just still so, oh, my God, what are we going to do? There's nowhere for us to go. Um, and it's just like I don't. I just didn't feel like they were being very smart. Well, I think that's probably natural. I mean, you have to wonder at what point. I think Andrea's character, and I, I think this is hysterical. I have a friend, Andrea, who has a sister named Amy, and she thought it was the funniest thing in the world that Amy was the one who got to off. Was that Andrea was the one that got to off Amy last season because she yeah. and her sister were watching it. She's like, Haha, I live, you die. But um, that was kind of callous. I apologize to people who have been attacking killed by zombies but (laughs) (laughs) i love that point where she stays with her sister and because she hasn't been there in the past she stays with her sister and you know she's the one to to 
clears his driver misery, and then Dale wants Dale Zilderman. Dale yeah. wants to stay behind. I'm sorry, Andrew wants to stay behind at the CDC, and Gail says Dale says he's gonna stay with her. And she event you have that great moment where they run out and they jump over the you know hedge or whatever, and they survive the blast. But in this episode, she's I, I lo- my favorite scene was the one between Dale and Andrea, where she says, "I'm not grateful to you. I, I didn't want to die. I'm not. I didn't have a, a you know a, an epiphany five minutes later and say, "Ooh, thank God Dale was there. I'm I'm pissed at you. I wanted to end my life in my own way and not be torn apart by zombies. You took that choice away from me because I would have died with blood in my hands. You had no right to do that. And I love that because I was expecting her to to you know, be on some level moved or, you know, you die for me or have some type of reaction. And she was just pissed. And he, even he was surprised. I was surprised too, but I understood it. So that was really good writing. And I think the position Andrea is in is one that a lot of people would be in. They'd just say, you know, just, just end it. I'm done. I, I don't want, this is not the world I want to live in. And it was actually, um, Dale had a scene back from episode five of the first season where he was talking about his wife and how he dragged her to all the different doctors because uh, she had cancer, and he he made her fight and fight and fight, and she wanted to give up. And I thought at the time he was going to end that with, "Thank God she died when she did, and she didn't have to see this, and she didn't have to, you know, encounter the world like this." And I think a lot of people are would, would understandably be considering suicide there. So I think the interesting thing the show will do now is it will try and show why life is worth fighting for, and what do these people. True. For hope, they definitely don't have it by the end of this episode. And then I think I think the other thing that frustrated me about this episode that we just had was just the um, the stupid kid. Um, and that that might be all of it. That well, might be I, all I of it. And can, yes, you can blame I, the stupid babysitter a little bit more, though. I mean, that was not Rick's finest hour. No, it wasn't. Understandably, his finest, he's, he's, it wasn't his finest hour. But she was a twelve-year-old girl, and yes, even though tw- you know she was freaked out, a twelve-year-old girl should know better than to wait thirty seconds for him to come back. I think we have to owe it to the fact that none of us have been attacked by blood-sucking zombies. I mean, I would. I, yes, I understand, but I think that the fear and the situation, her dad just died, you know, she's seen dead bodies all over the place, the kid's going to be on red alert. The thing, the thing which I thought was funny is, with child actors, sometimes they're great or they're, or they're bad, and I think the two child actors we have in this, are they're both pretty good. Um, there was, I, I don't know why I thought this was funny, maybe it's, I'm just a very strange man. There was a scene where... Um, he grabs her and he's running with her and he brings her to the lake and he kind of, you know, he puts her down and he's explaining to her and she stands and she like kind of adjusts her shirt because yeah. her, her shirt was all crinkled and she pulls her pants up a little bit because her pants kind of slowed down a little bit while she was running. I'm like, okay, I understand this probably a natural human reaction to kind of adjust yourself and, you know, straighten your shirt and pull your pants up a little bit and kind of straighten them because you've been tousled around and everything. And I'm sure you would do that without even thinking, but I'm like, okay, kid, you're you're being attacked by zombies. It, it doesn't matter if you look disheveled, and I I, I know that <laughs> I didn't it's, even notice that. Well, it's perfectly it's perfectly fine. Well, no, the reason I noticed it, it's perfectly natural. I would probably do the same thing because I do it without even you know paying attention because I'm so used to you know just adjusting myself like that. But what I was looking for was: is this little girl, the actress, is she phoning in her lines or is she really good? And I was trying to watch 
her acting chops. And I thought that it just struck me as a moment where the actor who plays Rick put me down and I just adjusted myself at the end of the day. Like, it just seemed like she was acting. Like it seemed like she wasn't yeah. really, yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't really, she wasn't really in the scene with him. It, well, it was, that was the thing I was looking at. It was just stupid. It was like adjusting your shirt. I'm like, yeah, I think you're going to let the shirt go. I think you're going to be fine with that. I think you're going to be like, woohoo, I'm alive. <laughs> so yeah. I, and, and maybe my whole level of frustration or, or my, there were parts of this that I loved, and of course, I, I mean, I, I loved this show. I loved it. I loved it. I think that I just, I was so frustrated at the end of it that I wanted to get up and, and slam something. You need to, I think, see both parts to see what they're going to do with the end of it. Yeah, I, the- I think, I think that, I think that, that they, they ended it of course, they're always going to end on a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. but they they pulled a really nasty cliffhanger at the well what, <laughs> at the end of this, like by shooting having Carl be shot. Well, what they're clearly doing is showing no one in the show is safe because we shot the two kids. Like if there was a puppy, we would have shot the puppy too. We, no, in the in the webisodes, they shot the puppy. But yeah, oh, can I just say that stupid man put his ex wife in the living room? underneath the carpet and he thought that was a good that was a bad idea I don't know. but they anyway, went i digress watch the webisodes they're yeah. very well written and very badly acted but i mean the, the 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 one girl's missing uh you know and and carl's been shot and obviously we all have access to hospitals and no, no one in our ragtag little fleet here is a trained neurosurgeon or whatever so you know that's out so I think my uh, and that might be what it is. I think for, as a, a mother from a mother's perspective, that by the end of that episode, I was so I was so spun up about the about the kids right. that well, you know, that's I was the thing. Just, like, I was at a, I was in a level of frustration. But you're looking I, for I, the hope these people are going to have, and the only kids in the world you know that we know of are are now gone. So. That that's you know these people have now lost their children so presumably or at least yeah. for the you know for the last five minutes of the episode so it, we're we're searching for hope and now it's it, it it ends worse than we've ever you know been left off I I did enjoy the character moments I loved the the moment with Andrea talking to Dale I loved uh, I can't what's her name um the little girl's mother whose husband I can never remember her name and that, and that's part of her character I think the, is that she is that you know no, she, had, what's her that, name again? she yeah. had that abusive husband and that she was just you know she was walked on in the doormat and you know you know she was nameless and faceless right. and I think that's a very good um move that's a very good decision on our part to make up for the fact that we forgot her name but <laughs> I mean I, I I love the part where she's like trying on clothes or she's holding clothes up against herself and how she blames Rick for you know her daughter disappearing because of his foolproof plan which I think was kind of stupid but I I loved particularly at the very end because you have Andrea pissed off because Dale took her gun away and no one seems to want to give the suicidal woman a gun who doesn't know really how to shoot it. So that's probably not the worst idea in the world. But, you know, at the end of it, she's bitchy because she wants her gun and the other mom's bitchy because her daughter's missing. So Lori takes control. I pray to God her name is Lori. And she's like, fine, take the gun. You want it. The gun is yours. And you leave my husband alone. He's doing the best he can. And, you know, everyone wants to follow him except when you don't like the place he brings you to. So you need to own up. And it's a perfectly... You know, well, I mean, and she had a point. He didn't have to go rescue her kid from the zombies. Right. 
And, and Dale's, or he didn't. He didn't have to put himself in danger to go. Right in the lesser show, I think that would have been, the, you know, the plot. You know, we have limited resources, limited people. I think they would have had, you know, the, the herd be making a full circle. The herd will be back in two hours. We need to cut off the attack, and there was no real discussion of leaving these kids behind. That wasn't even a factor because I think th- there's nothing else to do. <laughs> We're going to go to Fort Benning and hope to God it's not like the CDC. There's there's nothing else to do, so we might as well do what we want to do and try and find these kids. And I appreciated the scene with Dale where he basically said, you know, the, the RV is ready to go, but I'm not going to tell them that because I want to hold off that conversation as long as possible. And they make the little Star Trek joke. I was but, about and I was about to say something about him saying that, you know, that he he'd had it fixed, you know, for yeah. quite a while, but. Dale is. I like Dale. I love him a lot. I love him a lot. And but what I love about it was they acknowledged that part of the plot. They acknowledged that worry. They Dale's the perfect character to say I have prepared for that. But the fact is, no one said let's leave them behind. That's maybe it will in the next episode. That that hasn't come up. No one says that. Maybe it's because again they don't have anything else to do, or maybe they're not going to leave that little girl behind, and there's no one who really cares to move on that quickly. But I think on a lesser show or with a more generic plot, they would have had the ion storm coming in, or you know the the, the right. herd will be here and something will we have to leave and. You know, that would have been the big decision. Do we stay behind and try and find the little girl? Um, the question I had for a friend of mine who's watching the show with me, because it's really cool because I turned my whole office onto the show because of you, <laughs> was they find the, the wreck of cars and they find, I'm assuming, that's the thing. What caused the wreck of cars? Was it because a thousand zombies belted down the street and everyone crashed into each other? Like, I, like, cause, uh, Carl opens the door and there's the dead guy with the red beard. It could have been somebody that had been bitten that was sick that died and well, caused a, but why caused didn't a bad he, wreck. Beca- but why didn't, maybe. That was drive. I mean, that was sick yeah, and driving. I mean, that, was my, that was my question for him because when we, in the, in the webisodes, that was my question. What happened to all the people? Is everyone well, I mean, a zombie? Because if somebody or? was, somebody had been bitten and died you know, had the wreck and died, then they would die in their car. And if they were one of those people that regenerated fast, then they would, right. then they would wake up as a zombie and then people would be trying to help them and they would bite them. Yeah. And then those people would be a zombie and then it would just be <laughs> zombie, zombie, zombie. Well, yeah, I mean, that, well, it doesn't seem not plausible. I like the fact that we can kind of guess what happened because that was my first question. Okay, the guy in the, in the woods in the tent killed himself. But my question was, it seems like we have a lot of dead bodies around here, so it must be from suicides or accidents, because otherwise everyone would be a zombie walking around. Right, so, right. So. I, I, I just think, I think that the traffic thing was traffic jam from people trying to get out of the city, right. and there was a bad wreck, and there was something, a bad wreck, or, you know, some kind of log jam that happened, and... and well, I've been also following a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff in the show, and the original um, producer of the show, the screenwriter of the show, left. Um, there, there were issues behind the scenes between, between seasons one and two, and the guy who did episode five of season one ended up taking over. And I read a reference to the fact that the show's budget had been cut. So I was kind of watching for that in this episode to see evidence of the cut budget. And basically you have the area of highway, you have the accident scene, which couldn't have been cheap, and everything else is them running in the woods. And obviously the, the very high makeup budget. So this it felt almost like a bottle show because it didn't feel like we went too far. Mm-hmm. You know, we followed them through the woods and we had the church and we had, you know, obviously the, 
the cars, but it didn't feel like that, you know, wide of an episode, too. So I'm wondering if it's going to be more insular this season, especially with more episodes, if they're going to keep it more character-oriented, which I would like. I mean... I think I think I was wanting to be more dazzled with this episode. So you weren't dazzled when they ripped the guy open and searched his stomach for for the little girl. Oh, that. Yeah, because because remember guts, remember guts, Chenji. Yeah, yeah, I do remember guts. I I fast forward, I fast forwarded through that one. I yeah, I remember that. guts. I mean that one. I mean yeah, that that one. Bleh. That one was hard. That one was hard. The screwdriver. Was also pretty bad. Pretty bad. Too. I love. I, I did love that entire sequence, though. I thought that was probably the creepiest sequence of the series so far. When the, the when they're doing the zombie shuffle through the, um, through the yeah accident scene and so forth. Now, okay, yeah. who's the black guy? We have Daryl, whose brother, not named Daryl, had his arm cut off, and we haven't seen him yet. And right. I can't remember the black. And guy. I also liked him in this episode, Daryl. Because in season one, he really just is a jackass. But you get the sense his brother brings out his inner jackass. And when you remove him from his brother or from concern of his brother, he's an okay guy. Because he saves the other dude's life. And he yeah. Never, I can't but I, it, but I, I then, call him the it, other dude, but they but never the, got along. They never got along. They were, they were, they hated each other. And he saved his life in this episode. No, maybe he did it because if they went after him, they would know this Daryl. But I don't get that. I get the sense he was but just in trying this, to save him. But in this episode... He was really in sync with Rick, I yeah. think, and I think he was he was really affected by the loss of the little girl. Yeah, he was he was. Well, he, sa- he saves the the black guy whose name I can't remember. He's the he's the one who goes to the tent first, looking for the, for the little girl. A zombie right. could fly out of that. He was on the front line there. Right, and he was tracking. He was doing the tracking. And he was trying to. Yeah. He was the one that was out in the woods, you know, really doing the hard work. Yeah, and you never got the sense from him. Oh, you know, why are we say staying for this little tyke? Let's go find my brother. He, 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 he would be the one to complain if anyone complained. But you really started okay. to see him be more human, right? In this, rather than you know just some loudmouth redneck. But they really redeemed his character. I wonder if they're going to kind of reverse him and Shane and make him more human and make Shane... And Shane, I just want to kick him. They're making me want to kick him. Yeah, now Andrea's in on it. And you you realize at some point Rick will find out that Lori slept with Shane and and, and everyone will know everything and it will be this little family drama on the RV with the zombies chasing it. So I'm hoping they can kind of curtail that as much as possible, but it's like, uh. yeah, I realized that it will all come out in the end, but I somehow I think that Rick is one of those strong characters that I think he would be, I don't think it would, you know, ruin his whole world to know that that happened. I think it, I think it would be bothersome to him, but I think that he would be the one to say, um, "They thought I was dead, or she thought I was dead, and it was a very stressful time." And she'll end, she'll be pregnant. That's what will happen. Mm, I, you don't think that they'll go that? I hope not. I just don't. I I'm wondering if they're even saying, "What the hell do we do with this now?" So, yeah, I, that. It's going nowhere for me, but you know what it is. We have so many few characters left that like, they can't ignore this. This is this is you know so and so. You can't lose Shane. You can, well, maybe they can, but they can you know whittle these characters down and add some new ones. But 
you know, as of now, with this being the cast, they've got to dig in there with them. But I, I think I would be interested in that. If they, maybe if they made Shane more of an adversary and they made Daryl more of a ally, maybe they could kind of rework the organization. If they lose Dale, I'm leaving. I love Dale. Yeah, Dale's pretty awesome. You can't, you can't lose Dale whatsoever. I like Dale. So I'm thinking throughout the episode, I mean, we had the zombie shuffle. We had everyone hiding under the cars. I mean, it was the only things that stuck out with me were those character moments. And I think I prefer watching a show like Falling Skies because it's less gruesome. And, and I, I, I tolerate the gruesomeness, but that's not what I'm looking for here. But the other parts of this, I think, are just so good that it's holding my attention. I would say for for season two, episode one, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give this one a B because we're it has, giving them leather grades now. We've never done this. Oh my! Um, well, because I can't I can't be totally jazzed up about it because I left it being very frustrated. It had awesome character moments and it had it. It really had, I mean, just the whole looking in the stomach to make sure that the zombie hadn't eaten the little girl. I mean, that's really, that's really profound, you know? It, it is. And I think that, I, I think it left us uncomfortable, but I think it was trying to leave us uncomfortable. Because when you're watching the zombie show, I don't think we get to complain that it's making us uncomfortable. But Yeah, but there was just something about this one I expected to be. You, you want to come off of the, of, you know, the, the season cliff, last season's cliffhanger and have the first episode grab you a little bit. Well, there's a bunch of people running in the woods. I mean, the, the effects budget was there, and the, the, the staging, the entire accident scene, and, and all the zombies and makeup and everything. I mean, it wasn't two guys locked in an elevator. This was a pretty blockbuster episode, but I think they saved money by having them run through the woods, and it, it felt... There were no guest stars in this episode other than the three people in the church. And I love the zombie with a little veil. That was cute. But yeah. um, it felt like a smaller episode. But I think I think the goal of the episode was to, to rip our hearts out because the girl's missing. Carl's shot. Everyone's pissed. Shane, you know, is doing this thing with Andrea now. I think Lori stabilized things. I mean, Lori is the only one in this group who's really speaking reasonably. Lori and Dale. Like, Lori and Dale for president. I mean, they're the only two people in this group who I think are centered enough to make these decisions. And I think Rick, to his credit, is trying. And when we talk about hope, too, Rick is saying, God, give me a sign. Any sign, the thing's going to be all right. Seven minutes later, his son's shot. With the only (laughs) deer left in the world. like Right. It's like, first you think the sign is like, oh my gosh, there's the deer. And isn't that a beautiful moment? And that's a sign from God. And all of a sudden, boom. And it's like, could that be? Yeah. So, I mean, not going well. And I actually did not watch the preview for next week. So I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea if Carl's going to live or not. I think he has to live. Because I think if... They didn't. They didn't make it. They. I watched the preview, and it's not definitive. I mean, you know what the thing is? It's like so many of these shows. It's at some point you're like, all right, I, okay. I, I can see that zombies have captured the world. I can see that everyone's dead. I can see that it's going to be very gruesome. I can see that your know, suicide is is you know the best thing ever now. But it's like you have to shoot the kids. It's at some point they need some ray of hope, and I think that. We need those moments as much as we need the darkness. So I'm hoping they don't kill off all the kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's what it is. I think I just the whole kid thing is just. I mean, maybe they could have done it in the second show. Oh, who shot the? <laughs> who do we think shot the kid too? Because Daryl 
it has to be like a guest star because I don't think like Shane's randomly hunting, you know, on the other side of the. Yeah, it just I'm. It's like the when... little girl found a shotgun and she's trying. To... Yeah, it's like this is when I hate watching shows, weekly shows that don't I don't have a whole season. It's like I want to see the next show now. All right, here's <laughs> what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Gen two and I are gonna get together on Sunday. All right, we're gonna get together on Sunday unless Gen two has bingo that night, and we're going to watch the episode together. And we're going to um, ooh and ah, and we're going to comment on it. Unless I want to see how the farm bill works out, in which case I'm going to watch public access television. I'm going to TiVo <laughs> The Walking Dead on AMC. Yeah, I hope that you don't do that this week. Yeah, I was very, I was very sad. Because I would have, I would have been able to comment a little bit better on this. I think if I had done this right afterwards. Yes. So, so we're going to take care of that next week. That was that was my fault. Sorry, farm bill passed five to zero, um, and and that was that. So Jen two and I or the other Jen, one of the Jens will be here uh, next week, and we will just oh the other cat's approaching me now. I'm under attack. It's like zombies, but they're shorter. So we are the Pofo Exchange. One of the Jens will be back next week, and we will resume talking about The Walking Dead in addition to so many other things like Doctor Who, like the Wedding of River Song, which. I promise I'll comment on sooner. Uh-huh. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. And we're back. Uh, Gen 2 and I usually like to leave about a year between uh, recordings on The Walking Dead, but we decided to jump right back in this time to, to make up for, for the issues we've had before, you know, with the year break and the farm bill and everything. So we <laughs> have just watched uh, the second episode, which I think is called Bloodletting. Yeah. You know, some of these other podcasts, they do research and they know the names of the characters and everything. I'm doing this basically with my cat on my lap and, and we're trying to hold together here. Now, Gen 2 has just pointed out that after The Walking Dead, they have The Talking Dead on AMC. And they get together and they talk about the episode and they have such things as, you know, interviews with I mean, the cast and, you know, information on the series, you know, specifically the names of the characters and so forth. At the Book mm-hmm. Exchange, we think that's a little high tech. <laughs> so we're just going to throw out or vomit at you our thoughts on the episode. In five years from now, you can kind of still make some sense out of this. So it's it's like Umpirific Weekly, where people are just now starting to listen to the series again. And, and you know, I can't spoil them, you know, that I got married, because, you know, spoilers. So it's, it's one of those deals. I'm babbling, because it's late at night and you know, one of those days. So uh, we have watched Bloodletting and uh, Gen 2, Bloodletting. Well, I it started with backstory, which I like. We got to see how Lori found out about Rick getting shot. Now, I love the backstory because I love getting more into the characters, and I love the bits of the story that actually don't involve the zombies, as we've talked about. So, you know, I love the post-apocalyptic type stuff, but not necessarily the, 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 the guts and everything. Now, there were three reactions in this episode to big, bad, scary things. There was Laurie's reaction to Rick being shot. There was Laurie's reaction to Carl being shot. And there was Mom, whose name I can never remember, his reaction, continued reaction to the fact that her daughter is missing. And each of them was different. And I like the fact that they're offering us the full smorgasbord of possible reactions, because then there's less I can bitch about, because, you know, they gave me one of everything. Right. Um, now, the first one I thought was it was technically fine. I can't, it did just enough to, to get under the wire, but it just felt really weird. And that was Lori finding out that Rick was shot from Shane. 
because he comes up to her and she instantly knows something has happened and, you know, is he alive? Because this is every, you know, cop's wife's nightmare and yet, you know, there was a third guy and see him, blah, blah, blah. And she's very calm and she turns around and says, well, how am I going to tell Carl that his father was shot? I'm like, well, technically you deduced that he was shot because Shane actually never used the word shot. Now, obviously it, it's likely he wasn't stabbed, but you know, right. he, he, like you didn't really, you haven't really absorbed this yourself, lady. And maybe that's shock or whatnot, but then she walks forward and now she's the one giving the information. Now, if I were her, I would walk up to Carl and say something happened. I have no idea what happened because no one's told me yet, but like it just, it felt very stilted. It felt very weird. And then when she finds out the Carl's been shot, I thought that was really much better, you know, in terms of acting. And I thought that, you know, that that was how you would react. You would still blame the people, even though technically it wasn't their fault and they're doing everything they can and whatnot. It just seemed like a much more realistic response. I just thought that was kind of lame in the beginning, but that was my thought. Um, I didn't react to it that way. I think... <sighs> it seems like... It seems... Like, they were phoning it in a little bit. It just seemed like, she's like, oh, how how shall I ever tell, you know, Carl that, blah, 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 that, that Rick has been shot? And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you're kind of reading off cue cards here. Like I, And granted, it was part of a scene where she's talking to a friend about how she's not really in love with them, but maybe she's in love with them and you know, all those different things. But it just seemed like... Well, they were talking about having been fighting and, the, yeah. you know, ending their relationship and blah, 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 and... You know, they come up with lights and sirens, and that. I think I was just annoyed that there wasn't more to the what happened. And yes, I understand if he regurgitated the entire story; it's something that we, the audience, know. But even if they did like a cut, like even if they did the cut from her saying "Is he alive?" to her and Shane rushing towards Carl, you can assume they talked on the way. Like, I just it, that was the first bit of the episode, and that was the thing that kind of took me out of it, but. Well she, well, she did. Well, she did ask him what happened. I know, but then he he responded that he didn't see the third guy, and it was Shane's fault. Then she said, "Well, how can I tell Carl that Rick has been shot?" I'm like, "Well, he never actually said Rick has been shot." So. Good guess. So, but let's get off that point. That okay. was just one I I didn't like the beginning. I did like the shot of the chain link fence where you thought you saw zombies on the other side, and what you really saw was a bunch of people holding Starbucks mugs, which I mm-hmm. found interesting, because <laughs> I frequently hold a Starbucks mug, so that could have easily been me. So my life flashed before my eyes. Let's see. There was... There was... This whole episode did a lot to... Um, let's see. What's the word I want to use? Redeem. Not, well, it redeemed Shane, but it took Shane and Rick's relationship from the beginning, where we saw it in the beginning, mm-hmm. and it's gone all the way, like, pretty much down to the dumps, and now we've got them back where they were at the beginning. And they're going to eventually have the episode where Rick finds out. And they... But for right now... All that animosity and that resentment and, and all those, you know, Ill, all that ill will has mm. suddenly been erased. And you see, you see how we see how close they really were and mm. how, how much they depended on each other. And remind me from last season, because it has been a while, how much of the animosity and ill will has been from has been clear to Rick? Because I know in the beginning, none, yeah, none. Right, okay, that was all I thought. Because in the beginning, Shane was. You know, 
he had the feelings for Lori and, and, you know, Lori and Rick's relationship had collapsed. And, and then he, you know, tried to barricade the door to protect Rick and then, you know, on and on and on. So, yeah. yeah. So, so Rick's oblivious to the entire damn thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. He, he has no idea, but I mean, a couple episodes ago, I mean, Shane was ready to shoot him in the woods. So, and Dale was standing right there like, Holy crap. Like, it's like they needed, you know, Ray Romano's dad from everyone loves Raymond standing right there. I mean, that was, yeah. Very powerful scene. And I did enjoy, okay, there's so many things I want to talk about, and we're going to do it very quickly tonight. Um, just looking over the notes, I was typing back and forth to Gen 2 during the, uh, during the airing of the episode. Uh, the backstory is weirdly paced. We covered that. Um, I forgot then that Beer McCreary, Beer McCreary, uh, from Battlestar Galactica did the music for the show. I caught that when we did the, uh, I remember the first episodes. There were a couple scenes when, um, when Lori returns and, and finds um, Carl in bed, and you know they have that you know family reunion, where it almost um, reminded me a little bit of the Adama theme from Galactica. So I liked that a little bit there. Just a couple of similar instruments. Um, the sound was off on mine. The sound was like a quarter of a second off. So that just annoyed me. There's nothing that anyone did wrong. It just it was one of those little things that got me aggravated. Uh, it was fine on mine. It was fine on yours. And then I was going back and forth, different TVs, and, you know, Danielle comes in the room, the sound's off, and looked like I did that. So it's one of those little moments I had. Um, one of the things was watching it, the, um, the vet's daughter in the orange shirt, the one who rode the horse out and brought Lori back, was really familiar to me, so I looked her up. If you're a fan of Chuck, you already know that was Vivian Volkoff's character, or the actress who plays Vivian Volkoff. Um, I usually can... Like, Danielle could be on one of these things, and I wouldn't recognize her for half an hour. I know I know someone, but I'm very bad at figuring out who in the name of God they are, so... <laughs> well, it took me so long to realize that... Um, Darren Chris was the same Harry Potter guy on Glee, and everyone made fun of me. So I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Uh, Darren Chris was in Harry Potter. Darren Chris played Harry Potter in the Harry Potter musical. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm like. Yeah. Oh, you thought he was in the movies themselves? I'm no. I'm just like, how in the hell was Darren Chris in Harry Potter? He's not even English. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Vivian Volkov is Russian, and the farmer's daughter, or the vet's daughter, is Southern, so apparently you can throw out your voice. But then, all the new shows I'm watching this year, the main characters are all Australian, the actresses are all Australian playing Americans. It's like we're out of actresses. It's very funny. Well, you know. Mm -hmm. Let's see. I'm finding it, I'm finding it very entertaining that Daryl continues to be redeemed even more. He comes up with the much-needed drugs. After making him suffer for 36 hours. Granted, he was in the woods and didn't know there was a medical emergency going on, but he's like, oh, yeah, I had those. <laughs> and, you did, and you did bring up the point that I noticed it right away, but he did. He saved T-Dog from... What I had forgotten from season one is I didn't watch the first episodes again. I forgot it was T-Dog that dropped the key. Yeah. And Daryl's brother lost the arm. So the fact that he redeemed him was even much more so. And you know what this too? It's like you, you watch the first season and there's zombies and guts and all that stuff. And then you know, you're into the second season and there's zombies and guts and stomach linings and all that stuff. And you kind of, if you're me and you're not really into the zombies and the guts and all that stuff, you, you're like, well, why am I watching the show? And you do it because of the characters. And this is one of the episodes where they're, they show you why humanity's worth saving and why these people are worth it. Because none of them will leave because the little girl is still missing, and they're not going to leave her mom or make her mom face that decision, so they're all going to stay behind. And um, This episode definitely reminded me of the gut, the gut reaction that I had 
last season where I was disappointed with last week's episode and I kept saying, uh, uh, this week I didn't feel that way. Last I week, that. Yeah, last week's episode had great moments at the moment between Dale and Andrea, which was a really great character moment, but there wasn't a lot of, upli- there was nothing really uplifting about last week's. It was, it was loss, 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 comma, loss, screwdriver. And that was the, the episode. And this week you have, um, was his name Othus? Who's the guy that shot Carl? Otis. O- Otis. And you have Otis, um, you know, kiss his wife goodbye and say, you know, this is my fault. I'm, I'm going to save this little boy. And, you know, he's really into put, put it on the line. You have the friendship between Shane and Brick. You have to be impressed. I'm getting these names right. Uh, you know, Andrea, obviously still on the, on the outs with Dale there, but you have, you know, Daryl at the end, you know, saying we're not going to leave her behind. It's, it's up. There's a lot more uplifting this week than you had last week, which... I think the show kind of needed. So do you have any conjecture on where the little girl is or is I keep being afraid they're going to like turn a corner and she's going to be a zombie coming at them. I mean, like I told you last week, she's a cute little girl, but all I could picture, I, I said this last week, the scene when she adjusted her pants, all I could picture was she was like, Ooh, the guy from love actually just carried me. Like, like you, like you get that she's a little girl and she's, you know, being carried by this British actor or whatever in the woods. I mean, she really invests a lot in her character. So if they don't bring her back, you know, whatever. I, I, I don't think they can lose both kids. I mean, they got to keep somewhat over the hope in the show. But I would not be surprised if Carl is saved and the little girl is either never found. But if you know this, the little girl is not found. Carl, um, Daryl's brother hasn't been found. Um, Milt, was it Milton from the first season? black guy with his son he hasn't been found yet uh there was the um family and i don't think his name was milton but now i can't remember what it is off the top mervin mel i don't know who the hell he is but he's out there um the the couple in the last episode um or in the fifth episode of the first season took off at the end they didn't go to the cdc so they're dumping characters like off the ship so we can find them later if we run out of ideas maybe so i'm gonna say we're either not gonna find her or my cat's going to attack the table. Get away from that. Um, we're either not going to find her, or we're going to find her and she's going to be a zombie. And I would imagine that... Well, this doesn't make sense, because these things can't move fast. I would imagine we're not going to find her for... They're going to be forced to leave her behind, and maybe in a future episode, if we're back in this area, they'll they'll find her then, and she'll get to do the zombie stuff, because I, that's just my guess. But at the same time, I'm saying I'm not sure if the show would go that hopeless when we first met the quote-unquote did you like that right there where i had absolutely i i I think everything will happen yeah when we first met the quote-unquote doctor when we first met him i thought he was a dentist (laughs) because i knew that they couldn't be so lucky to have a doctor there's a vascular surgeon just over the yonder (laughs) I knew they couldn't be so lucky to have a doctor. And then, of course, to have all this old-timey blood transfusion supplies, you know, because he had, like, it reminded me of watching, um, did you ever ever see Bram Stoker's Dracula? I mean, I'm really reaching back. But they were doing, like, old, in that movie, they did old-timey blood transfusion, where they had, like, one tube that went into one arm and one tube that went into another, you know, and they just, you know, you do the little bow and the blood goes from one arm to the other arm. But, you know, they were pretty much doing that in this episode. And, you know, that's some kind of 
ancient technology. Well, and I was picturing there was this little house on the prairie episode I always remembered where um, one of the characters was like trapped inside and had like an infection or something was wrong or whatever, and she ended up cutting off like a chunk of her own arm and stuff. And it's just like the old school, you know, if your heart stops beating, you're dead. And you know, th- th- there's limits to medical science that we don't have today. So I was just, it, it just seemed like really, really, really old fashioned stuff. Well, so I kept thinking, well, it's obviously that, you know, he's, he's old and, you know, he's got some, he's, yeah. but he's got skills. So he's a dentist. And I kept waiting for it to drop. I kept waiting for them to drop it, you know, oh, you're a doctor. And then for him to say, oh, I'm a dentist. <laughs> well, I did like oh, Lori's reaction. Oh, you're a combat veteran. No, I'm actually a vet. <laughs> Now, I've been joking, my cat just had to, my cat who I've had for like 27 days has had to have surgery once already, and the joke I had was the, the hospital that we brought her to, which I will be paying off forever. It was so nice, I joked, if anything happens to me, forget all of the great Boston hospitals, I want to go to this place. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, Honestly. Well, if I ever get shot, if I'm mistaken for a deer... Please bring me to this. Honestly, my best friend from high school is a veterinarian. Her dad's a veterinarian. And from my own experience in pre-med in college, veterinarians have to know a lot more than doctors do. No, I know it's one of those things where... I mean, the, the, a doctor has to know human anatomy. Right. A, veteran, a veterinarian literally has to know... Dogs, cats, rabbits, snakes, horses, cows. I mean, and they have to know it as well as they know any other. I mean, I took a course called Comparative Vertebrate Anatomy, mm-hmm. and I thought, I mean, it killed me. I, it, like, I just said, I can't do this. Yeah, I mean, my thing was, I know we can be hard in the shows, and sometimes you want the characters to behave very soundly and very logically, and you forget the fact that they're emotional. But, okay, yes, he's a vet. Yes, your son was mistaken for a deer and shot, but if if, if we have a vet, that ain't bad. I mean, no. look at the people that we have. We have Daryl. We have Dale with his funny hat. I mean, he's a vet. That yeah, ain't I mean, bad. No, he's got, you know, he's at least got knowledge of yes. medication and what it's used for yes. and how to, you know, dose it and... Yeah, you've got you've got the house, the secluded house. You've got the woman on the horse. So you've got like a, a valet service. You've got the vet who's willing to do it. Everyone's willing to let you've got Otis, who granted was responsible, but he's willing to put his neck on the line. And I really thought Otis oh, was going to bite it at the end because all I could picture was in the beginning when they ran back to the house and took Otis an extra 25 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's going up the stairs carrying the respirator. He's not going to be in a good place. <laughs> I'm like, they shouldn't have given him anything heavy. <laughs> You've got Shane, who's like in the best shape of his life. He's sleeping with everyone's wife. Well, I kept waiting for one of them to get him, and he's like, ah, oh, and him dragged behind. But um, I, I kept thinking, okay, they're gonna throw the. Okay, I couldn't figure out how they were gonna get into the thing, and then when I realized that they were gonna use the flares, I'm like, that's a great idea. The music was actually kind of comical, I thought, and I don't think it was supposed to, but my note to you on that was laugh out loud because it's like they throw the thing, and it's like, and they just walk behind them into the. Well, and the thing was, is I kept thinking, are they gonna throw all the flares? Because then what are they gonna do to get out? Unfortunately, the place didn't have. Well, they were making a damn lot of noise in there too, like when they're like hucking the stuff in their backpacks. Well, no, the thing was before. I'm trying to get like an idea here. Okay. Well, and Shane just and Shane like throws like 27 bottles of oxygen in his in his bag. Exactly. I mean, I don't even know. 
<laughs> well, then I'm thinking of the out. logistics here. I'm like, okay, you're on the farm, and you're shooting things, so you're making a lot of noise on the farm. Now, granted, if the farm has a gate around it, you could probably last a long time and grow your own food, but I don't think there's a gate around the thing, and you're shooting things, so you're making a lot of noise. Now, we just have the, the herd of, like, 200, 300 zombies go walking by the other day. So these things are in the area, and they move quickly, and they caught a walker, like, you know, it almost got Andrea, and then Vivian Volkov comes flying over on her horse, you know, the last horse we saw died, so it's nice to see another horse, and, you know, she's like, you know, grab the, the, the guy in the RV with the funny hat, we're just across the way, so I'm like, okay, so this walker's really close to, you know, to the, to the place they're at here, so these things are mobile, and they're moving around, no one's safe, you know, even the, the vet and his family aren't safe, but then I'm like, okay, they get to the high school, and these things are walking around like it's a, it's an old computer game, and you know, like, the, the, the characters, when they walk around, if they get stuck, or if you block them, they just keep walking in circles, because mm-hmm. they, they're just walking in the parking lot, and they're just bouncing off each other, like, what the hell are they doing in the parking lot? Like, I just thought that was kind of funny, that they were just, you know, it, it looked like an awkward dance, they're just all kind of standing and shuffling. And... Well, you'd think that they would go somewhere. Well, that was it. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Ooh, a flare! Well, then I don't know what he thought would happen, but he opens the door and they're all standing there and they're like, they look at him and he looks at them and it's like, where did you think they would be? Well, it's like, why didn't he leave the door cracked a little bit so that they could peek out, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you don't want to just dive right into that. If you open the door a crack and an arm flies in, then you shut the door at your own convenience. <laughs> or you do the little, the little, you know, stick the mirror out the door. Well, I couldn't tell what he was doing, too, when he opened the trunk. I thought the thing was going to clock Otis on the chin and knock him out or something. Or if there, maybe if there were, you know, like... It's like, and why, and why didn't he tell him, I'm going to open the trunk? Well, but I th- or at least cover that on the way there. Then what I thought they were going to do was, I know they had the pickup truck, but I thought he was going to be like, okay, I'm going to drive the car at them and freak the shit out of them. You get the respirator, like, or something like that. Like, I thought they would have a better plan, but I'll just, ooh, look, a light. But, shiny things. Shiny, well, apparently it too, so that was good. Um, I did enjoy, like, I love Dale. I think the guy who plays Dale is great. He reminds me, for whatever reason, of Coach from Cheers. I have no idea why. He's like the sage old man. Yeah. Wearing a funny hat. And you have I Dale. wish I could remember what this guy was in. He's in something. Well, he remi- he's not the same guy, but he reminds me of a, um, a guest star from the West Wing. I, we've covered I have no idea who the hell anyone is. But he and, he and um, you know, T-Dog with his infection there just hanging out by the RV, and they look at each other and like, you realize what's happened here, right? What? You're the old man and I'm the black guy. We're the extras. <laughs> I just thought that was just such a great... It's like we have no blot lines left, so that we're just hanging out here. Like, Do you think the T-Dog is really just sick? Do you think he's... Or do you think he got bit? No, I'm not saying that he got bit. What, what is the nature of your question? Do you think he just has blood poisoning, or do you think he has something else? Well, I'm wondering if he got it somehow. How Do you mean when they threw the the um, walker on top of him? When Daryl threw the walker on top of him, did like blood mix or something? Yeah. Okay. Because he was so... Well, yeah, because he was bleeding, and then they threw the walker on him. So you were wondering if he got, like, like basically like a walker STD or something, blood contact. Well, somehow, because he was bleeding so much, and he lo- was losing so much blood. I mean, it's that- possibly, I mean, it, it kind of ended. Like, I even sent you a message, and like, was that it? <laughs> is, is the episode over? Um, well, I'm just wondering, because based upon the way, you know, Dale has been, I guess the foreshadowing of it is, do you think he's really just sick, or is this part of the... Part of the hint of how it 
how it might have come to pass that that the epidemic started. Is that it? Oh, it you're might- you're wondering if it was spread by blood contact initially. Um, honestly, it's possible. I mean, it's interesting because I'm watching like where the show is going, and it's basically there's no clear direction to the show. It's kind of just, you know, a continuation of the episode before it. So right now we were heading to Fort Benning and now next week is week three of, you know, the survivors trapped aimlessly in the woods. Um, now they're trapped aimlessly in the high school. I mean, it could be, um, they're going to have to, I haven't read the comic books. The the show's going to go somewhere. I mean, where are we going to end? Are we going to end with, you know, some type of inoculation? Are we going to end with them living in tree houses and the walkers just jumping up and down trying to get at them? I mean, they've got to end the show somewhere. So if they're going to show us what happened, you know, you can definitely use T-Dog for that. I keep forgetting his name is T-Dog, too. I'm like the whitest guy alive. <laughs> T-Dog is an uncomfortable nickname for me. I'm not sure if I'm using it properly. Have you ever... Have you been... Have you wanted to read the comic books? Well, I'll look up something on one character, and it will tell me what happened to the character in the comic book. And I don't necessarily think they're following it precisely or exactly. Like, I know that the um, minor comic book spoiler, if you care, if you think it's relevant. I know the um, character of Dale in the comic book dies. But I also know that basically every character in the comic book has lost, like, a body part. So I'm not <laughs> sure if it, it, like, it's like Dale was an amputee, as was Laurie, Carl, and... Right. Every, every character in the damn thing. So I don't necessarily think they're following it. Um, I think they have so few, they're going to have to, the good thing about the show is if they start cutting down the number of principal characters that we have, there are so many characters that they could add new characters or the old ones could meet up. So I think anything's possible. I think no one's safe. Hmm. So, well, the visual that freaked you out was at the um, baby seat in the car. Well, it didn't really freak me out. I just, I just, t- it was a good visual. I when when he was digging for the cigarettes, he's like, "Oh, I found cigarettes!" And then he turned around and he was like, <gasps> "I'm nervous too." It's like the show tries to get you because it shows you like the inside of the you know stomach lining and it shows you the bullet wounds and it tries to gross you out by showing you everything viscerally. That image of the bloody baby seat that was more powerful than all that. Well, what, another one that I thought was very powerful was Shane wiping the blood off yes. Rick's face. Yes, because he carries... Well, I was even wondering, too, Rick's health. Rick got shot, and he's, like, recuperating in the hospital bed. Granted, it's been a few weeks, but you're, like, he's got to have some yeah, issues and himself with his own health. He's, well, that, and he's just given two or three pints of blood to his son, and, you know, there's, you've only got seven in your whole body, so well, he can't give much more. We had to chime tonight's episode around Danielle's shower, because she's very squeamish. She won't even watch ER. Like, when I was in the ER, she almost had to wear a blindfold. But um, even watching the episode, she came out at the very, very end, and she looked up, and there was a scene with Rick at the very end. She's like, he looks terrible. I'm like, he just gave, like, half his blood. Calm down. (laughs) That was funny, because he had a big glass of orange juice, and I'm like, how? Everybody's dripping with sweat, but he had a big cold glass of orange juice. (laughs) Did they give him a cookie? (laughs) I didn't see the cookie. (laughs) But But then again, you know, it is Georgia, so maybe they had an orange tree. I do love the vet, too, because at the very end, when he's saying, you know, this is just temporary or whatnot. Oh, hold on a second. Um, please hold. My cat has jumped on something. Be right back. Ryan and his cats. I know that I'm talking to no one right now, but 
you'd think that this man has never had a pet before. But then again, he has never had a pet before. But it's very funny because... Oh, here he comes. Hi, I'm back, and I yelled at my cat a lot less than I did last time. They jumped up on the similar thing, so we're, we're doing better. We're doing well. Now, the thing I, which I did love is you have the vet, and he's outside, and he's saying, you know, we're just hoping to ride this out until there's a cure. And, you know, Rick is saying, well, you know, the, the CDC is gone. They're, they're, the French are gone. You know, th there will be no cure. And the vet's like, I don't believe it. People are always saying, it's this is it, and it's the last. I'm like, okay, dude. I appreciate your glass half full. Zombies are walking the earth. It's never been this bad before. He's like, oh, they always say it's bad. Well, I don't, and, and then he compared it to AIDS in the 80s, and I'm thinking. <laughs> it's a little different. It's a little different than AIDS. It's a little different. You're operating on children. That's how bad it got. Well, I, I, I think the percentage of uh, cases of AIDS and transmission rates of uh, HIV are a little bit different than the uh, the percentage of yeah. well, let's look at <laughs> percentage of walkers. You're a retired veterinarian, and it's gotten so bad that tomorrow you might operate on a little boy. But that's only if we can free up medical supplies from the local high school and get past the zombies. That's how bad it got. <laughs> and you'll probably have to have somebody beside you with one of those respirator balls going... <laughs> Well, I'm like, he's explaining how bad it is. He's like, now, if I knock him out to do the surgery, he'll stop breathing. I thought they were going to say Rick's job is to stand there and give him mouth-to-mouth -mouth for eight hours. Like, I thought that was, like, I really, I was expecting that. Like, I just... I just thought they were going to say, we're going to have to get one of those air balls, and you're just, somebody's going to have to sit there and go, <laughs> Background noise probably wouldn't work for uh, AMC. They probably want something a little scarier than that. Yeah. Um, and you have Andrea almost get taken out by the, uh, by the walker and furthering her pissed offness at Dale, too, that... Because she didn't want to get killed by a walker. She didn't want to get killed by a walker. I feel bad for Dale. You know, I feel bad for Dale and I feel bad for Otis. You know what, maybe it's just, you know, I feel bad for... There's something about vulnerable characters who are a little bit overweight or a little bit older. Like, I don't know what it is, but you just tend to want to forgive them more. I'm not sure what that says about sociology, but D Danielle and I have recently started watching Mike and Molly, and we've had this discussion over the dinner table. They're more human. You're you're more able to identify with them because they're mm. no, more think, yeah, I think you're like exactly, normal people. I think you're exactly right. I have no idea why that is, but you know, if, if, if you took away his funny hat, I'd probably think he's a little bastard, so the funny hat helps. <laughs> I love that too. Whether you're 70, 64. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's how I felt. I mean, I was I was not ready for the episode to end this week. I didn't think the episode ended. I went, we actually had, it was the second episode of Caprica. I did it with P.S. and uh, Death Roll. And we ended the podcast and we went off to do our separate things. And then the episode continued. I'm like, holy crap, we thought it was over. And we had to like run back and keep <laughs> podcasting. Like I actually sent it to something to you. I'm like, is that it? <laughs> is yeah. It, are they coming back? They're so, not coming back. I, it, it honestly felt like they filmed like five episodes at once, and they just said, "Okay, cut them here, 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 and here." Like it, it, it didn't feel like the ending. But, no. This is why I hate watching shows weekly. There's so much else to watch until then, such as Boss on Stars. You know what? The next time I watch a TV show, yep. it'll be next Sunday at nine. 
I'll be there. Until then, for those of you listening to this, and please, Mother of God, let this come out before Friday, watch Chuck on NBC. Great show, and Vivian Volkoff is on it, and you'll actually get the reference. Actually, she probably won't be on it anymore, but, you know, hey. great show. So, we talked it out, didn't we? We talked it out. Now, I think we did it way better than The Talking Dead possibly could have with their fancy oh, pie charts and their I'm sure. disco music and their ideas. So with that, uh, we hope we're done for the night, and the third one isn't right after this, because that will just mean we're really slow editors, but we'll be back <laughs> next week for the episode for which I do not know the name of, uh, the one where Otis and Shane are trapped in high school, which is everyone's worst fear who's survived high school. Yes, because we never want to go back. Especially with zombies. It's bad. Yep. It's bad. Go to bed, Gentoo. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you back next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.